the podcast was inspired by a poem in a movie called The Gray. And the poem goes something like this. Once more into the fray, into the last good fight I'll ever know. Live and die on this day, live and die on this day. Welcome back, guys, to In the Fray. My name is Edgar. I'm Melissa. And today we're going to be going over um, a topic about people in leadership positions who don't abide by their own rules don't abide by their own mantras or by what they their preach by their own standards um, this is I would say this is pretty common in everyday life with a lot of different positions I mean the most obvious one right now that's going around would be the politicians mm-hmm. <laughs> um, you know the politicians and the uh, people in government they preach one thing and then they find them uh, doing the opposite of what they're doing uh, but in martial arts you get that a lot also you know for example uh, you get a lot of instructors who will preach on how to maintain a healthy lifestyle but they themselves are walking around about a hundred pounds overweight <laughs> Yeah, drinking and smoking. And- drinking, smoking, yeah. Um, you know, instructors that they teach, you know, kids classes, and you see them every weekend at the local watering hole. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's there's a lot of well, that. that happens, as we've talked about before, that happens in a lot of different um, um, jobs, occupations. Yes. Yep, in every in every kind of occupation you can think of, there's always one person or many people in its history that will do that. And now, do you think that's just human nature? Uh, no. Well, like we were talking about the other day, um, in my point of view, is that if you decide to become as a uh, for your job. Um, you know, a teacher or an instructor or um, I don't know. Like you can't, you can't go to school and say teach kids say no to drugs. Like if you if you if you decide to go into one of those occupations, you can't. Uh, you have to hold yourself to a higher standard. Mm-hmm. But you've made that decision to go into that occupation. So. Like I said, if you're teaching kids and you're teaching them at school, which was the mantra, you know, don't do drugs, and then you're going home and getting stoned, um, how do you live with yourself? Mm-hmm. You know, it's the same thing with martial arts, teaching the kids class or even teaching adults. And, um, you know, your mantra in the, um, in the gym is, you know, don't do drugs or, um, you know, don't drink, take care of your body, and then you go home and you're doing something completely different. I mean, I don't know. I, if you're a police officer, yeah, um, you know, it's the same thing. Like, you chose to be a police officer. You chose to uphold law. You chose to, you know, do the things that you're doing. And then on the side, you're like, you know, having prostitutes or, you know, <laughs> um, you know doing drugs or selling drugs or, you know, mm-hmm. whatever. Like, 
that's that is human nature but if you choose if you're choosing to take that on that career then you have to um set yourself at, at a higher standard now i'm not I'm not coming down on people doing drugs or drinking or whatever, but I'm just saying that that is human nature. But if you're choosing that job, if you're a priest, yeah, I mean, this is kind of how we got into the conversation. You know, if you're a priest or a preacher, or reverend or whatever, and you know, your body is your temple. It's part of what God had made and you're smoking and drinking. I, it never made sense to me, we were talking about this, that when I was a kid, you know, if my priest was smoking, it just didn't make sense to me. And that's a perfect example. Here, I'm a little kid looking up at the priest, and, you know, he's preaching, you know, your body is your temple, part of what a God, God made, and he's smoking, and I'm going, well, I guess smoking's not that bad. So mm-hmm. guess what? I started smoking when I was like seven years old. Mm-hmm. Would that have been different <laughs> if my priest wasn't smoking? Somebody that I looked up to that I went, you know, I don't know. Maybe I wouldn't have. I don't know. Mm-hmm. But you can't get on the pulpit and preach and then turn around and do something because you're a human being. No, sorry. Mm-hmm. I- I'm so sick of that excuse. Mm-hmm. I'm so sick of saying, you know, well... I'm just, you know, flesh and blood. I'm just a human being. I just mm-hmm. fall short. You know, it's just my shortcomings. Well, the flesh is weak. Whatever. <laughs> um, now, like you said, you know, hold themselves to higher standards. Some people, people don't f- do that anymore. Well, I was gonna say some people find that extremely hard. Well, they and, don't. Be. And but they they want to be in these positions of leadership. Yeah. Positions of examples. You know. Why? I, I don't know. I think it's because they think that they're uh, special. They're special, or you know, entitled, or um, their story is going to help many people. You know what? Being a hypocrite. <laughs> I guess not, not necessarily that, but I think they see it as like you know, I'm I'm a quote unquote I'm a broken individual, but I've managed to reach a position yeah. of, of power or a position <laughs> of leadership, and. Um, you know, and if I can do it, this is going to be a harsh podcast. Anybody can do it because I I am very have very strong feelings about this and don't have any sympathy for that bullshit. Mm-hmm. I I I don't, you know. Um, well, I mean, it goes back to you know, like as simple as you know, being a parent. You know, yeah. There's a lot of parents out there that, you know, they they subscribe to the mantra of do what i say not what i do and yeah that's not gonna work you know and it's that's i feel like that's hard um hard for for the kid you know for the children it's contradictory to everything yeah well i mean just telling a story like when i was a little kid growing up um you know my dad used to drink i mean he was an alcoholic but he used to drink you know just like anybody uh him and his buddies get together and they drink but uh my little brother one time told him, it's like, I want you to spend time with me without having a drink of alcohol. Um, he's like, can you do that? And my dad was like, what are you talking about? You know, like, he's like, I'm always spending time with you. And he's like, yeah, but you always say, don't do this and don't do that. But, 
You know, you're telling me don't don't drink alcohol when you grow up and you're drinking alcohol. Mm-hmm. So it's like, so what's, is it bad? Are you not wanting me to drink it now because you don't want me to drink your beer? <laughs> Do you <laughs> yeah, want it's me very not? Confusing. Yeah, and my dad was just kind of like, huh, and he stopped drinking. Yeah, well, kids don't. Kids go from examples. They don't. They don't really. They pay less attention to what you say mm-hmm. and what you, then what do you do? Now, do you think, uh, <clears throat> you know, again, it's do what I say, not what I do. That's probably the easiest uh, cop-out for leadership. Oh, yeah. You know? It, you don't have any standards. No standards. Uh, you're not being, you're you know, not taking. Which is fine. I don't care. I don't care if you have standards. If you don't have standards, it's that's irrelevant. Mm-hmm. I could care less. It's don't put yourself in the position that you're supposed to be mm-hmm. somebody's, you know, uh, example. Mm-hmm. Don't don't take on that position. Don't mm-hmm. take on that leadership. If you want to be a scum, be a scum. But don't don't take on the leadership and be a scum bet- behind people's back. Right. That's what's annoying. You know, and I think that's the. <clears throat> I don't know if you've listened to Jocko podcast. Mm-hmm. You know him with the whole thing. You know, extreme leadership meaning you take accountability for everything that you do. Yes. You know, and it's rightfully so. Um, and just pretty much what he says, you know, if you're going to be in a position of leadership, everything is your fault and everything, you know, you do everything to make the team or the things that you're in successful, right? Right. No excuses. Mm-hmm. Like, um, now, with that being said, you, like you said, people nowadays, have, they've taken a very loose interpretation of what a leadership may be. I don't think they have any idea what it is, to tell you the truth. Anymore. Yeah, I, I agree with that, too. I mean, I, I encounter it all the time, you know, in my, uh, in work. Yeah. You know, in places that I've worked in. Um, I've been around people who are my leaders, you know, my supervisors, who have no business being in that position whatsoever. Oh, yeah. There's millions of people like you that. You know, and it's such a horrendous work environment. They're running the country right now. Running the country, yeah. I mean, it's just so bad. Like, it, I, it's like they take the joy out of you being able to perform at your job. Yeah. Well, just look look at the example of how many instructors, martial art instructors, have taken advantage of women. Yeah. And, and there are individuals, and, too, and young, who... And young girls. I yeah. I mean, it's rampant. It is rampant. I mean, and they're the individuals that are constantly, you know, preaching out their women's self-defense courses. Oh, I bet they are. You know? <laughs> and it's kind of like, okay, are you doing that because you're trying to... Empower women? Imp- well, are you trying to select the individuals? No, they're trying to get more women in there so that they can prey on them. That's well, that's what I mean. Like, yeah. you know, it's like your weeding, weeding out process of mm-hmm. who is the most vulnerable. <laughs> yeah. Or are you trying to, you know, constantly preach all these different women self-defense workshops because that's your way of trying to... Now, how screwed up would that, would that make you? You're going to a self-defense as a woman. You're going to a self-defense class. You're already vulnerable or you wouldn't be going. Right. And then somebody that you're trusting takes advantage of you. Yeah. I mean, well, you know, we're that's talking about teach you not to trust men. Right. Like, well, just people in power in general. But, you know, that kind of goes to another thing, too. This is very rampant, in my opinion, in jujitsu, is that, and I think just in martial arts in general, is that 
people come in to learn a skill and they try to empower themselves, you mm-hmm. know, by learning martial arts. But they take the word of the black belt instructor very seriously, even into their own personal lives. Like that yes. that person is now viewed in this new student's world as the all-knowing. Yeah. You know? They will seek him for life advice. They will mm-hmm. seek him for relationship advice. They start giving them information, personal information that uh, otherwise would never would never happen. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, and I think that's a part of being a leader as far as you being in the instructor role is knowing when to you know cut that off. Should never begin to, to. It should never occur to begin with. Right, but I mean, like, you know, redirect the person, like, oh, you like, this person needs yeah. help in certain ways. Well, you got to redirect them to this person yeah, that's a professional. Well, maybe you should talk to somebody who knows something about that, because I don't. Right, that's I'm, what I'm saying. I'm like, just, uh, like redirect it. Yeah, you know? yeah. I mean, but that's just you know, just saying. Well, I, you know, I'm just teaching you martial arts. Right. Like, um, that's just what I'm doing, and but people won't do that. No. People will not do that. No. Well, because um, they dig it. They dig that. Um, you know that what do you think asking your opinion and people wanting to know what you think and well not just that but you know going back to you know you're not taking responsibility as as a leader and stuff like you said they dig that newfound attention i guess you know like they're just not asking them about martial arts now they're asking them about they're putting them on a pedestal right there you go that's the word a pedestal yeah, and they like that. With no experience in dealing with any of that. Yeah, no. <laughs> no. At whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Um, which goes back to, you know, what we talked about. People that have no business being in these positions are being put on there. Or they seek to be put on there because of that, of the attention. No, I think that they they get a little taste of it and they see where it's going and they milk it. Yeah. That's what they do. They see, oh, okay. I mean, I, I see what I am to these people. I, I see, I see what's going on here. Right. You know, and I mean, that's for sure. I know I've seen that firsthand. You know, where oh yeah, I've too. Uh, a certain instructor, you know, they man, they were milking it hardcore. They would take whatever they could out of the individuals when they could, and then just kind of kick them out whenever they were done. <laughs> yeah. You know, whether that be financial gain mm-hmm. or physical, emotional gain. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. But, you know, going back to you saying that, you know, is it human nature to fall or to succumb to those kind of things? People will say it's human nature. I'm going to disagree with that and say it's not. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like that's human nature to succumb um, to, I, lack of a better word, evil. You know, uh, things. I don't think it's human nature to to be drawn to things that hurt you and cut you down. Right. Um, it, you know, it just keeps coming into my mind is uh, evangelists. You know, that preachers that. Uh, you know, end up taking money and having affairs, and or or, or we were talking about the other day, you know, criminals or yeah. uh, murderers who's who suddenly, you know, serial killers that suddenly go to jail and decide that 
that they've uh, they've found God and that all they have to do is ask for forgiveness and say they're sorry and everything is wiped clean but evangelists do the same thing oh, evangelists do the same thing they uh you know they think they can just ask forgiveness from god and mm-hmm. then turn around and do the same thing over and over again mm-hmm. and you know uh, if you believe that then you believe that i guess but i don't i don't i don't believe that right um well you know like i was going to say then you know, going with religion, how many times have we seen and heard, uh, you know, people in, in the church that they get caught with not doing the right thing? Oh, all the time. You know, like Constantly. we said, um, like there was just a story not too long ago this year, a priest, a Catholic priest was caught having sex with... A dominatrix. Uh, yeah, yeah, two dominatrix. On the altar. On top of the altar in the middle of the night. Uh, I mean, could you get any worse <laughs> than that? I don't know. I mean, were they doing coke too? I mean, probably. probably. Like, uh, <laughs> I mean, you can pick. It's it was it's like a joke. It's a joke. It's like a joke. I mean, I, and then it's you like, know, what's the punchline to that joke? You know, yeah, a priest and two dominatrixes on the altar. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, it's like the equivalent of, of I mean, two guys walking to a bar. <laughs> Uh, or you know the what was it like? Uh, I, was, I was watching a story the other day, and I cannot remember the exact details or the names, but the gist of it was that this particular pastor was being dispositioned for a lawsuit. Depositioned. Yes, depositioned. <laughs> um, and they were asking him, you know, where does the spending of his church go to? Right. And on there, they came across a line that said um, it was like $2.4 million to purchase a residential center, is what they called it. Mm-hmm. And so they're questioning him about it. It's like, well, what does this residential center do? And he's like, well, that's where I bring in all of my leaders under me, and we have uh, meetings, and we live there. Yeah, and he resides there. And he resides there. Yeah, it just yeah. so happened that he just resides right. there also. And so they showed a picture of this residence, and it's a mansion. Uh, it's probably one of the biggest mansions in his area. And it's, I think it has like three outdoor pools, separate outdoor pools. Oh, wow. Um, and it's like on 50 acres in the middle of nowhere, that kind of stuff. Wow. And he kept saying, yeah, you know, well, the home. It's we, a compound. Well, he, at first <laughs> he was like, it's a home. You know, we we were renting it to own, and they're like, "Is it a home or residential center?" Can't imagine what the rent would be on that. Right, and he's like, uh, "Residential center." Sorry, it's not a home. Residential center. <laughs> and yeah, you know, so mean, this guy was taking the money from his uh, what do you call them, parishioners? Yeah, and he's spending on his own stuff. And they had another line saying that he had like $700,000 in Gucci suits. Wow. Yes. And they asked him about it and he said, um, well, I have to look good when I'm on TV preaching the, the God's word. Yeah, because everybody knows it's a Gucci suit. Yeah. Like, no one would even know Well, that. that's what they're saying. Like, well, why does it matter that you have to have such expensive clothing? Yeah. 
And he's like, well, God wants me to look good. Uh-huh. <laughs> God's told him that, I'm sure. <laughs> but, yeah, you know, being so immoral and being in a position yeah. of power. Yeah, be so immoral. Oh, don't even get me started about that. Well, that's going to say, you know, like with martial arts, you know, obviously martial arts is, is, you know, it's a vehicle to better yourself. It's yeah. a It's a vehicle to make yourself... You know, physically stronger, mentally stronger, and in a way, fi- uh, spiritually stronger. Yeah, well, in, in any situation where you're um, there to learn, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter, a teacher-student um, mm-hmm. relationship, whether it's that or anything else, is a vulnerable situation. You're you're open and giving to that person because you want to learn something. Yeah, no, that is true. You know, you're more attentive to them because mm-hmm. you're coming in there. You know, it's not like at school where you got to be there. Right. You know, you're paying this person. You're coming. You want to be there. You're wanting to be there. You're wanting to come. You're hanging on these people's word. Yeah. And and as we know, it can change you physically. It changes you mentally. It changes you spiritually. It's a very powerful. I don't think people realize how powerful it really is. No, they don't. And that's how that grasp gets a hold of people. Yes. You know, um, it's very powerful and life-changing, and you can be, um, as the student, you can be so maybe obligated to that person for what they give, they've given mm-hmm. you, you know, and and you're open and you're trusting. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, absolutely. And that's the, your first mistake right there. <laughs> well, I mean, there has to be some tr- level of trust for sure. But yeah, but you have to draw the line. You do have to draw a line. And, and that's more on the uh, person in the leadership role, you know, the instructor or the black belt or whoever. Yeah, but that doesn't happen usually. You know, that's more on, on their part where they have to draw the line and be like, this is far that the trust can go because once it gets past this point, it's more personal. Yeah, you, know? you should you should keep most things not personal. So there's one thing, like one thing that kind of irks me with martial way. arts in general is that, and I understand why people do that, but I think people do that just way too easily. Is that they call their their group family or my mm-hmm. tribe, and I understand what they're trying to refer to, but when you use words like that, you know, my family specifically. Yeah you make it okay for people to bring their personal things oh, yeah. into the environment. Yeah. And so now this person, instead of learning how to, you know, grow in an environment where their personal belongings are not an issue, are now an issue. Yeah. And then they can't learn, and then... You know, then they maybe they spread it to the other people, and then it gives them the it's a downer, man. Gives them the a okay now for them to start bringing their own personal baggage. Yeah. You know, into the mix. Yeah, I don't like and that. And it becomes a very toxic environment. It's, it's like a click. It's like a click in school or something. Right, and like I said, I understand why people do that. You know, and in you know, I mean, I read many stories where guys and women would be like, I was a lost person. I didn't really know what I was doing. I was just kind of going through the uh, motions of life. Mm-hmm. I had a career. I had a family. But, you know, it was just like I was just waking up, mm-hmm. going through the motions and going to bed. I started doing martial arts, and now I feel like I have a purpose for me. Like, right. You know, I understand what I want out of myself, and that makes my life 
my personal life that much better. I enjoy my family. I enjoy my work. Right. Excuse me. I have an outlet that I can let my frustrations out. Yeah. You know. But but the problem is is that you know what you're saying about like having you know having a family is that you you should be giving those that those people the tools to handle things their self. Yes. You shouldn't be in their personal, you know, dictating all, their every personal, decision. <laughs> their personal shit, you know, like don't don't be in their personal stuff, their personal family, their right. personal um their marriage, mm-hmm. their kids, like mm-hmm. that is none of your business. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. And you should keep it none of your business. Like mm-hmm. But you're giving them the tools to be more confident and to mm-hmm. make better, better decisions and have better relationships. Your job is not to get into their business. Not to overtake their And life. to give, give them advice. Like right. You're no person to give advice. Right. You give what you know and what you've learned yep. and pass it on. And hopefully that information and that knowledge will help them like it has helped you mm-hmm. but people don't do that they mm-hmm. like get in there well, like, okay so is that because people want want others to do it for them no i think it's because people are freaking nosy man and they just want to <laughs> they just want to gossip and they just want to they people cannot leave it alone they can't leave that stuff alone man they mm-hmm. just got to know everything about everybody about every you know your husband, your wife, your kids, your financial, you know, just, it's none of your business. Just leave it alone and right. keep it professional. Mm-hmm. What you have to offer is enough. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know? I was going to say, you know, this is a big thing. Like um, like I said, going back to a lot of martial arts schools use the, the, the word, you know, family. Like, yeah. I, again, I understand what they're trying to insinuate over that, you know, like, mm-hmm. you know, we are... A, a group of individuals that came together mm-hmm. that have something in common that we have something in common that other people can't understand correct yeah. so we understand each other but I think by them using the word family a lot of people also take that to a whole different level like yeah well my family knows me as this person so now I can be myself right I can be myself no don't be yourself you know <laughs> well like I said if you're if you are yourself and so now you start bringing all these baggage into the environment it drags everybody well down, man. you, you yeah. fell the whole point is like you're not practicing to better yourself yeah you're not bringing yourself up you're just bringing your old crap with you bringing everybody back down yeah yeah just bringing your crap with you like that's what we're trying to avoid right uh, well, I like more like not a family but a team I was going to say, like me personally, I always use the word team. Yeah. Um, I have always liked the word team when I re- reference to like the gym in general. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, like this is the team. This is my team. This is our team. You know, uh, come join our team. Yeah. That kind of stuff. Because, it, again, it still kind of feels that even though, like you said, a different backgrounds, we come together with this one common thing. Right. That's what it is. Yeah. And, you, you know, hopefully you grow from that. It's not like, hey, come be a slob over here just like you're at home. <laughs> right. And I think that you should be like a team and a team in that respect of well, supporting each other, well, you know, in the gym right. doing jujitsu. Right. You well, you're, you're holding each other accountable for, like you said, in jujitsu, for martial arts. Yeah. You know, that's what a team does. Yeah. A teammate. I mean, that's, 
I've been a you're part not hurting other people. You're right. Not hurting I've, your I've been a part of many teams, you know, growing up with sports and stuff, and that's pretty much the role that you get as a teammate is you you help your teammate be held accountable just as you are being held accountable so that the team can achieve and get to their goal. Yeah. You know? Um But yeah, like I said that's kinda of one thing. Those it just irks me when they use the word family or tribe. Now tribe is the new word. Mm. that I've seen a lot lately is come join my tribe and it's like uh, okay <laughs> you know but I don't know it's it's just weird but I was going to say those same individuals I know are creepy <laughs> uh, there was one person I saw a while back and I've known this individual for a long time that kind of stuff and like they they went out of my life they went out of you know kind of went out of my life from you know whatnot just know them through training and it's like man if when we were teammates when we were first you know like we were fighting and everything like you were not this person you're not this person like what you're trying to portray now is very false um and how they pose for pictures with uh, with different people mm-hmm. it's it's like it's just more evidence like you're you're being too nosy like you said earlier you know it's like they post like when they post with uh, let's say like the women in the class it's a completely different uh, vibe than if if this person poses with all the guys Mm-hmm. in the class and it's everything is about trying to empower uh, women in in his uh, you know I guess in his gym yeah in a way and it's like I've had conversations with this guy you know from punching each other in the face and whatnot when I was younger um, and he's just kind of like that's not your personality maybe he changed I hope he changes or I hope he's changed but you know, honestly, I don't think he has. Hmm. And I think he's just kind of using that as a marketing scheme to try to bring in more people. Well, it is a marketing scheme in some, some instances, you know. I mean, I mean <laughs> you know, I mean, yeah. just to bring in more people, I mean. Well, I was going to say, you know, it's, it was a perfect example because um person drinks. You know, he's a, he's a heavy drinker. Uh, every other post that I see on their social media account is about um, them getting a margarita or yeah. them getting a shot of, of, of wine or whatever. A shot of wine? Or, I don't know. <laughs> Whiskey? I mean, I don't drink, so I don't know what, <laughs> what people do, you know? Um, or uh, complaining about how the weak sheep people of the world <laughs> are useless and... Um, you know <laughs> little things like that is like see now that's more the person that I remember mm. that's more the person that I know it's the guy who thinks that um like women are supposed to be in the kitchen and men have the right the god given right to own whatever they want like the land the guns be able to drink smoke cigarettes do whatever you want you know manly stuff mm. quote unquote um without having much of a repercussion 
Well, like I said, maybe he's changed. I don't know. But he's still <laughs> posting that kind of stuff? Yeah, guy? he's posting that. Like, on his personal stuff, he's posting that all the well, time. Well, who's going to go to him for... What kind of women are going to go to his gym for... Well, it's... I guess people who haven't read his personal pages, huh? I guess, but it's so... I don't know. I just don't understand that. But, yeah, like you know, like I said, still people have that mentality of do what I say, not what I do. Oh, yeah. Um... And that gets old. Does it? Well, it does. It does to individuals who... It's an old... It's a tired concept. Yes, it is a tired concept. But, you know? but people, it will always be... It will always be. Yes, you're right. Um, so even like... You know, because obviously, you know, being... You know, being the person that would be more like, do as I do... That's you having the ability to hold yourself at a higher standard. You know, maybe, <clears throat> excuse me, you should hold yourself at a higher standard personally. But to be honest, you should never, as an adult, be doing, following some other adult. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, no. Like uh-huh. children, yes. Sure. Children. But adults, like, you shouldn't follow another adult. Meaning, like... Just follow them. Like, do like, as I do. Oh, I see. I see what you're saying. Yeah. Um, like, like you shouldn't, as an adult, as a... Well, then that goes back into, you know, just do what I... Do as I do. Or do as I say. Well, first of Wouldn't all, that go back I'm not going to do what any adult says. And, um... Well, I mean, like, you going... Let's say you go into a martial arts place and, you know... And the instructor is saying, well, you have to do this. You know, if you want to lose weight, you have to do this, this, and this. If you want to maintain a healthy lifestyle, yeah, do these things. That's when you're assuming that they're being professional. You know? Right. It's like, but don't, don't do it. Don't do what I do because, you know, I'm just a fat slob. Yeah. No, I understand what you're saying now. Um, yeah. Yeah. But, but we were talking about, you know, more than that. Mm-hmm. You know, like, well, it's okay to do this and it's okay to do that. You know, things right. that... And, yeah, it should never get to that, that deal. Or it should never get to that kind of situation. You know, where, like, um, if you're just talking about working out, that's one thing. Mm-hmm. But then it gets to a personal situation where you're like, well, I'm, you know, doing this. I'm drinking or I'm mm-hmm. smoking or I'm, you know... Having well, an affair, I know. Having yeah. an affair or whatever. Well, put know. it this way, like because it breeds that stuff. It man. does. It does. Well, what's gonna say? I mean, put it this way, like when working out, for example. I don't know how many people come to me and they'll ask me, like, well, what advice do you give for me to try to lose ten pounds and you know improve my condition, improve my cardio? Mm-hmm. And I always tell them, it's like, listen, I'm not an expert in that, but what I can tell you. Is the things that I've done that's work for me, but I still recommend that you seek somebody in the profession. Yeah, I'm not qualified for that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I was like, now if you still want my opinion on that, I'll gladly give it to you. And sometimes I'll be like, yeah, go ahead. I just want to hear what you what you've done. It'll maybe help me determine. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell them. And then sometimes I see people try to do the like exact same thing, like word for word, and it's not working for them. Mm-hmm. And they come back and they're like, well, that didn't really work. Yeah. And it's like, well, duh. Cause You're still drinking beer and <laughs> eating hamburgers or whatever, yeah. <laughs> you know, and it's just, 
frustrating. Yeah. Um, but, you know, again, with the workout, like, um, even when, when I used to, uh, you know, I was big into lifting weights and stuff. I mean, I would go in there, do my routine and whatnot. And then in the locker room, when I'd be trying to change, people would be like, hey, have you tried taking this shake? It's really good. It's, it makes you get the pump a lot easier. Mm-hmm. And then people would be like, oh, really? It's like, yeah. Do you see how my physique or see how my body, like how much bigger I've gotten? It's like, it's because of this. Mm-hmm. And so then now people start to, to take it. Right. And then, like you said, that opens up the window for um, like the more personal stuff. Yeah. Well, I always, I always don't like, um, it's not that simple. Like, you, you can't ask somebody, well, what, what would I do to lose 10 pounds? What, what, what do you recommend that I do? What kind of exercise? It's not that simple. I right. mean, you have to, what, what are you eating? What are you drinking? Oh, well, of course, yeah. You, you know, and so it's, it's, I always hate those kind of questions because it's not that simple. Well, it's a, they ask in a very generic way, expecting a very generic answer. Well, and I don't think most people understand that health is not just working out. You know, it's a lot of things put together. Right. Um, but okay. Well, uh, <laughs> again, you know, I guess what thing that you can take out of this is, um, you know, be careful. Be careful with um, individuals that, you know, you seek and make sure that you don't get caught into the uh, into the traps. Well, I can tell you for sure. Um, I was in between gyms one time, and I was looking for a gym, martial arts gym, and I went in, and the owner and head instructor had a big old beer belly, and so I just turned around and walked out. you know because um that's not what i'm looking for you know i mean you gotta i i don't i don't want to be trained by somebody who stands on the sidelines and barks commands right i want somebody who is doing it leading by example yeah leading by example and um you know unless he's like you know 70 years old or something that's different but Mm -hmm. if you go walk in and you got a 40 year 40 year old instructor 30 year old instructor with a big beer belly then might want to turn around and go the other direction yeah but well it kind of goes back to what we're talking about now that may draw people that are it overweight. will it will draw people it will yeah you know they're overweight and they're like mm-hmm. well now i can do martial arts well if he can do it i can do it right mm-hmm. and then it, again that falls into the, the whole is he can't do it right anymore. they can do it <laughs> Yeah, not anymore. They can't do it, but that that falls into the whole attention thing. Like, well, now these people are giving me attention, and yeah, that's seeking a whole, me out. That's a whole different topic. No, no, no but like, like that whole... that'll lead into uh, I'm now going to give you advice into your personal life. Oh yeah, but there's a whole sector of people like that. Yeah, you know that there's a whole sector of people who are fat and out of shape that teach martial arts that. Um, uh, incre- you know, get uh, students that are fat and out of shape. Right. And then they, they go around and brag, well, yeah, I do martial arts. I do this and I do that. Yeah. And it's like, I mean, there's a whole sector, a whole well, group of people well, that Well, let me clarify. Like, I know a lot of instructors that are, you know, considered fat and out of shape, but they actually can do it. You know, they can perform. They can do their martial art. It's just that 
they're fat. <laughs> you know? But I also know a lot of instructors that are fat and out of shape who can't do their martial art. Yeah. Because they're fat and that's out of shape. What, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah. yeah. Um, or they pretend they can do something that they cannot. Yes. They say that they can teach something that they cannot. Right. Well, this goes back into, you know, like in the 90s. All 90s, early 2000s with the uh, martial arts mysticism behind, mm-hmm. you know, everything. How many times did you ever hear somebody say, like, I know these lethal techniques that I can't practice on anybody because if I do, they can die. Yeah. And they're usually like these fat, out of shape, <laughs> slobs. They're, they're con artists. Con artists. Yeah. You know, they're the dillmans of the martial they're arts. They're con artists, yeah. And there are con artists for sure. And they just dare not put their finger on you because they could blow yeah, your head they'd off. Put you to, they'd stop your heart. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, but you know, again, that, that draws in these individuals now. So now let's go into that topic. It draws in these individuals that they're trying to do martial arts, but they don't want to work that hard for it. Right. And so now they go to this person that is a slob, you know, for lack of better terms, but has this position of power. You know, being an and instructor. And convinces people. And convinces, like, if you join my program, I will I will give you a black belt. You will earn a black belt in three years, in four years. And, yeah. you know, you will be a certified, you know, weapon within six months. Right. If you take these workshops, um, you as a woman will be able to defend yourself against any attacker. Right. Oh, yeah, and there's plenty of people like that. And plenty of people. Plenty of people, for sure. And, again, it's like people are like, oh, yeah. For sure. That means I can that do it. Good. Yeah. And it's twenty dollars a month. Yeah, I'll do it. Right. Or it's like a one. And you wonder how all these people get all these students. Yeah. That's how. Well, yeah, I know how, but <laughs> it's like really cheap. Very cheap. A lot of bad information. <laughs> yeah. And well. And a lot of promises. A lot of promises, but then again, they they put these individuals at a high pedestal. We're like, oh, this this guy, he's a black belt, and he's teaching us how to do this and that, and how to defend against, you know five people at once um showing us how to break a knife out of someone's hand without hurting ourselves and yeah. blah 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 um and they start giving them like i said th- this pedestal this this you know it's because they don't know anybody there's attention they're like now the person walks into a room and they're like you know bow and they're like yes sir and they start Demands bowing attention yeah. right and then uh they they also commented to where when you see me on the street you will direct me as you know, sir or sensei or master or guru yeah. or whatever. Because um, I've seen that too many times where the instructor is getting gas and somebody is also getting gas and they see him as a student of theirs and they literally come all the way across the street to them and to bow to them. Be like, yeah, sensei, I just want to come and say hello. And they'll bite. They'll bow to them and call them sensei, and and then sometimes they'll even pay their gas, wow, or get them a snack. And the guy is like, "Oh yeah, thank you, thank you." You know, like he's expecting it. If anybody insists that you call them anything, that's if you choose <laughs> to call them that, that's, that's one. That's thing. on them. But if you have someone demanding, yeah, that you call them something like that's. A red flag. <laughs> it is. I mean, like, that's one thing for me as an instructor and running my own gym. I think that was the biggest. That was the biggest fear that I had. To be honest, when I first started, was having somebody just 
you know, outside of the gym, just come up to me and be like, you know, how you doing, sir? Or not sir, but like, like you know, sensei or, yeah. you know, any of the endearing teacher terms. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just like, ah, like, I don't, <laughs> I don't want that. Yeah. I don't want that. And I don't like that. Like outside of the mats, I'm just a regular guy. That's all it is. I'm just a regular guy. If you choose to come and say hello, just come and say hello, that kind of stuff, you know? But don't feel the need for you to come across the street and, like, bow down and... That's crazy. Yeah, you know, and, and, and hold me at a high standard like that. And it's like, dude, I'm just trying to get gas. Yeah. Like, I just want to go home. Mm-hmm. <laughs> You know, I just want to be part of the regular crowd. Don't draw attention to me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yeah, and it's just insane. But like I said, those same individuals like that, like I said, they get that, uh, again, you know, recurring theme is they get that empowerment in their mindset. And they're like, oh, all right, like this time they bought me a chocolate milk. <laughs> you know, next time I bet they will buy me dinner. Yeah. Next time I bet they're going to let me borrow their car. You know? Well, they they will, and they'll yeah. be given. They'll give you money. They'll lend you money. They'll anything that you want. You because ask, you're trustworthy. Yeah, you ask them, and you'll have it. Yeah, and it's so crazy. The, it is the crazy. people still fall for that. Uh, yeah, it's crazy. So then that leads into the cult mentality. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was just gonna say about gurus. You know, like, you know, anybody insists that that you call them a guru, uh, you know. That's not, you know, if someone is your mentor and is your teacher, um, you know, that's, and you, and you look at them as a guru, you look at them as a professor or whatever, that's one thing. But when people insist of you addressing them or taking belittlement from them, um, which that happens a lot and that's happened a lot and has happened recently in the past few years in the yoga Mm -hmm. um realm you know they take the belittling they take the berating and it it happens a lot in martial arts places yeah perhaps a lot of martial arts places where the place is not legitimate in my opinion you know they're they're, it's being screaming and belittling students yes I was going to say the program is being ran by someone who is not an actual person of leadership status, you oh, know. No. They're yeah. in there for their own gain, and that's why they belittle so many individuals. Um, they become controlling in that sense. Yeah. And that's sad. Mm-hmm. That's really sad because it's again, hard to watch. well, not only that, but uh, but now you have all these individuals that have studied under these, you know, false uh, leaders. Mm-hmm. I would say, you know, that people that take advantage of them. That when they have an opportunity to actually go and train at a legitimate training center of sorts, Mm -hmm. they hesitate. Oh, they won't go. Or they won't go. Yeah. Or if they do go, they don't stay because, wait a minute, this is not what I used to practice. Yeah. You know, like, for example, you know, this is not jujitsu. We don't practice jujitsu like this. Mm -hmm. And it's like, no, this is... This is, this is how you practice jujitsu. <laughs> right. How you were doing it, I don't know about that. Yeah. yeah, you know, it's like I. Yeah, that's really sad. I feel sorry for people that 
that actually happens to quite a bit, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, they have this loyalty to their, you know, to whoever they were training with, and it's not, it's not what they thought it was. You right. Know, they, but they don't know. Oh, yeah. They don't know because they've never done it before, you know. And, or even the atmosphere of what a healthy gym is. Is, yeah. <clears throat> oh, well, I mean, I guess kind of toot our own horns in that. Like, that's one of the things that, um, you know, visitors would always comment about the environment uh, in the gym. Mm-hmm. You know, they said we always we enjoy the environment; it's very welcoming. Um, aside from the technical aspect of the martial arts, you know, which is very good, the environment is very good as well. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody's not weird. <laughs> like, yeah, you walk in, people will say hello. You know, they'll introduce themselves to you, and, and you back and forth. And um, there's no weird cult-like procedures that you have to follow just to you know be right. seen <laughs> yeah yeah but yeah people will will have that and but they think that that's the way all of them all the gyms are right and then... so now let me go back to this with martial arts i just kind of thought about it now because a lot of people practice you know they practice martial arts a lot of instructors do you think that they try to mimic the quote-unquote the old ways of of running a gym but do you think that's more of them seeing Hollywood movies and how a martial arts instructor is portrayed and they try to replicate that? Uh, no, I just think they get full of themselves. That's what I think. <laughs> I, th- I, I do. I think they get a taste of it and they just get full of themselves and they just yeah. are like, yeah, I like this. Let's yeah. keep it going. Let's keep it rolling. And I don't know, maybe, maybe some that are mentally... Uh, disturbed, <laughs> which I know there are are some think that yeah that that's the way from movies and stuff old movies like that's the way that they it, treated their they're supposed to be their sensei yeah they're legit that's their, how they're legit uh, yeah um probably I don't know <laughs> well uh I've I've been to a um I've been to a taekwondo school mm-hmm uh, when I was younger, you know, when I was fighting and stuff in the cage, uh, I went to Taekwondo school. I was invited to help with a ceremony. Mm-hmm. Somewhere was being promoted to a, a black belt, I believe. And for whatever reason, they were reaching out to all the local, like, martial artists of the area. And I don't know how I got involved with, with that, but I decided to go. I was like, yeah, it'd be kind of cool, you know, to show support to the martial arts community in one way or another. Anyways... I go there, and as soon as I walked in, um, they're they're referring to the instructors as, as senseis, and um, no, no, I'm sorry, as um, yeah, no, I think it was senseis, and they also had a Japanese style layout hmm. slash shrine. Oh. But it was like Taekwondo school. Uh-huh. Taekwondo, you know, it's, it's Korean. Uh-huh. Which is, like, completely different culture. <laughs> was the instructor just a white dude or what? Yeah. <laughs> the instructor... So he was just making shit up? Or... <laughs> I guess. The, the instructor was this 
really old white guy that couldn't jump six inches off the ground. Um, and he says, like, well, I've got bad knees, you know, from a long, harsh life. Which, sure, I get it. Right. But his assistant instructor was this really, really overweight woman who had, like, half of her teeth missing. Uh-huh. And it wasn't from being punched. <laughs> you know, it's from her extracurricular activities. Yeah. And it was just, like, right off the bat, it was, like, red flag, red flag, red flag. <laughs> it's, like... What am, how am I getting out of here? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I stuck it through, but it goes back to show, you know. And then after the ceremony, like, the family, the families of the kids who were promoted to their next rank were just like bending over backwards for yeah. these instructors. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. They yeah. were just like, you know, Thank oh, you so much. are you still coming to our Sunday family dinner like we talked about? We'd love to have you over and blah 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 and or, you know, uh, I will swing by your house tomorrow to drop off what you asked for and that kind of stuff. Yeah, and you could tell like these guys. Like, if you were to meet him outside of the gym in real life, these guys would be considered losers. Yes. <laughs> well, I guess they are to them. You know? Well, again, they're in a position of power and they've, like you said, they've, they've milked it. They've milked it a lot. <laughs> they know how to do it. They figure it out. But that goes to show you guys, if you learn anything from this podcast, like, do your research on cultures. Yeah. <laughs> Go to a school, and if they start to cross culture, their martial arts, you know you're in for a treat. <laughs> All right, guys. Well, I think we're going to call it a day for this one. Um, again, thanks for joining us. And my name is Edgar. I'm Melissa. And this is In the Fray.